Hello and welcome to Balance by Beck and Laura. I'm Laura, a positive psychological life coach and your co-host. And I'm Beck, a holistic health coach and your other co-host. Together, we're two millennials who've been through their own shit. And we're here to help you break through your own. This is your space for all things mindset, personal growth and well-being. We're bringing you balance without the bullshit. Hi and welcome back to Balance by Beck and Laura. We're both really excited today because it marks the start of bringing a number three into our podcast for the first time. (laughs) So we're going to have experts and guests coming along now and again to chat with us and share how they feel and how they find balance in the wild world that we live in. And today we've got Wendy. Someone who likes you, you should know by the first name. (laughs) But if you don't know Wendy, she is the completion coach. So she's an incredible mindset coach. Welcome to our podcast. Yay! So I've personally worked with Wendy a few times and I found you on Mm -hmm. Instagram, as uh, I'm sure many people find coaches these days last year. I think I initially came to you because I'd been running my business in air quotes since about 2015, you know, like it started off as an Instagram profile and then I wanted to make it something else, but probably a year before I started speaking to you, I always came across these blockages that I thought were coming from all other directions that stopped me turning my business into anything more than just a hobby so I'd get really motivated get going think right okay this is what I want to do get excited and then something would just stop me in my tracks so I'd get overwhelmed and burned out or I'd think oh I don't have the money to do it you know I've, I've got to work full time I can't do this as well as that and all these excuses that just keep coming up as well as the classic imposter syndrome of course (laughs) like what am I doing I can't actually fucking do this who am I trying to kid but that's why I came to Wendy so with your sort of completion method and that kind of thing that just fit perfectly like everything you said resonated with what I was going through and what I was trying to break through so yeah that's why I came to you and (laughs) I initially thought that it was just gonna be about business but oh that's when I discovered that yeah there's there's more to it than that (laughs) so is it something that you find often like people come to you for one thing and then find out that actually there's a whole for sure I think most people come thinking they know what the block is but they don't know why they have that block but in reality that is definitely not the block. So the problem is never the problem. The problem is always the result of something else that we're trying desperately to avoid. And in that avoidance, we're focusing on the problem which we created as a nice bypass to avoid dealing with what's over there that we really need to deal with. So anybody that's self-sabotaging by abandoning projects, um, not seeing things through, giving up, Uh, abandoning ideas uh, and stopping before they've even started is generally through another external or internal factor over there but they'll be coming across thinking it's even imposter syndrome because people love that one to say who am I to do that when it's not actually that that's just a really nice thing to use which actually makes us sound like a nice person as well Um, and we use it in a way to defend ourselves um, and to stop ourselves being pushed out 
and dealing with the thing that we're avoiding avoidance Mm -hmm. is the human reaction to most things if we can avoid it we will at all costs um so yeah we like to use every other label box and creation of a story we can to avoid doing what we really want to do i imagine that lockdown has probably impacted that and a lot of people being well yeah having lockdown and coronavirus and things like that that's a nice but a very justifiable box but a box that you know might have come up or people put themselves in to actually say no i'm not there or i'm not ready to do something or kind of use that as a a reason why not to go and do something have you seen that a lot with your clients and community not my general clients um because they're already on the whole established in something or other and the block comes from an emotional strategy of extending that but i think through this period we've seen a lot of people go into um a time of reflection maybe where they've started to say everything's against me i can't do it this is just another way another sign to show me that it's not right i can't do that it's mm. just my luck etc etc so people have taken it quite personally um <laughs> to mean that it's you know it's a reason or a sign to not do something and this is showing me that i should play it safer mm. so i think that's definitely um from my audience on instagram which let's face it, perhaps 50-60% of the people that actually follow me are coaches rather than my clients. So from that degree, a lot of the conversations that I have with those people even are people that may have taken too much as a sign, have got to the point where the signs they're using are signs that, again, we can give ourselves permission to stop with. I had a sign, it wasn't for me. Rather than going on to looking at it, what's what's the options here? What am Mm. I avoiding? What do I need to deal Mm. with? I think it's really easy to get lost in the whole science thing as well, isn't it? Because when you first kind of start picking up on that stuff, it's like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. And then you get deeper and deeper until you're like, oh my God, everything is a sign. (laughs) Googling the fact that a fly just landed on my knee and what does that mean? Yeah, I think there's the degree we can take things, but we we will use anything that we want to use for avoidance when we're in avoidance mode. So any of the tools we started in a way to propel us, we will flip them against us as soon as we get into that self-betrayal where we're like, I can't do this. How do I get out of it? What can I use in my defense? And the exact things they started to use to bring themselves forward, they will just turn around to push them back. Um, And yeah, I see that quite a lot with people, certainly in my DMs and conversations and emails that I get, and people even that took abundantly you as a course, came out of that very much like when I flipped the mirror on that, they were like, fuck, (laughs) that was a little bit (laughs) affronting, (laughs) you know? And again, it's just a way of looking at how you're using even standards and goals and things to use to push you forwards but you're using them in a way to actually use against yourself Mm. and in that moment when you're using it against yourself you are convinced Mm. you are doing everything you can to get where you want to be because you're using the tools right yeah what you don't recognize is that you're using them as a mirror to hold you back Mm, it's a really fine line isn't it I think like one thing that you've brought up recently that really resonated with me and we spoke about it you know when we did one-to-one coaching together as well 
the fact that you're constantly mm. caught up in this world of personal growth and everything is just like you're analyzing everything yeah. like we said but you're just not having fun anymore because you can you tell where people are on their the personal it. development journey because the first stage is they become boring as fuck <laughs> they are no joy to be around they analyze everything even what we're going to order they analyze every conversation every relationship they've ever had they are only capable about talking about personal development or spirituality um, and they spend a good year usually joyless and it is just then they then they often say you know I've lost all my friends and I'm like really <laughs> try sitting with yourself for half an hour <laughs> yeah. and it, it sort of sucks the joy out and then people start to reclaim the joy uh, and start to mix up that we can't just be in growth and pushing because a it's exhausting b it will take the personality out of you it will take the fun away from you and the recklessness and the spontaneity and the joy and we need to get the balance there needs to be that time to push and then that time to sit back enjoy make the most of everything relax give ourselves permission to be just human beings and then see what's interesting us again rather than doing it for the sake of doing it I know it, it is a black hole if you want to heal everything mm. then that will be your life's work Yeah, I think people see it as quite um, like they want to do it overnight sometimes as well, don't they? Like they see, they discover and think about and visualise who they want to be, but don't realise that it's going to take them, you know, they may never even fully get there. It's like a life process rather than just do this course for a week and then you'll, you know, everything will be healed. It's in the the doing, in the integration, in the embodiment of it and laughing at it. Mm. Because you will get it wrong. You will do old patterns. You will say something you regret. You will respond in a way that you wish you hadn't. But you know that you're doing it. And that's actually the most important thing. Because before you didn't know you were doing it. You just did it. Now even when you do it, you're like, fuck, I did that again. (laughs) That awareness means that you have fundamentally changed. Which means that with awareness, you've got permission to go, actually, I didn't mean that. Or actually... I need to give myself some time off here because I'm clearly stressed because that response shows me that I'm in survival mode. I'm not thriving at the minute. That response is showing me that actually me and you need to have better communication, but it doesn't mean I'm back to square one, which is what humans like to use as another defense <laughs> tactic. I'm back at square one and I haven't got the energy to get back there again. Mm. Right, the square one doesn't exist. You can't undo information. You can't forget that you know. So you're just exactly where you were, but you made a mistake. You know, how do you want to own it and move forward with it? What are you going to do now? Because you are aware. Mm. I think square one is something that so many people are now kind of feeling or facing you as we're potentially going back to the old normal or we're potentially stepping into the new normal and we've had 18 months to do you know a lot of reflecting and a lot of having lots of time on ourselves and you know potentially spotting things that or patterns that we wanted to change or things that actually on reflection we weren't happy with in pre-covid life and we want different but actually now the the setup of going back into reality potentially on the 19th 
you know, that for a lot of people is bringing up that that fear and that anxiety of, am I just going to go back to square one? Am I going to undo all of the maybe work that I've done on myself or all of the time that I've had to reflect and decide what I want for me, what I want for you know, my life, how I want it to look. So yeah, I think that that square one piece would probably quite resonate a lot with our listeners as we have like some coaches, some non-coaches, but I think both, you know, as we've all gone through this time. I think as well, it comes into that all or nothing mentality. To a degree, if people have been at home or have had more time than they've usually had because they haven't had social commitments, they may have been really bougie with their routines. <laughs> they may have been over the top with how long they've meditated, moved or read or anything else. They may have gone into a hole where this is the most important thing in my life. Yeah. But again, we're not supposed to be on retreat for the rest of our life. We are supposed to be living and doing. And it's about how we can make those things really easy to do in what we do day to day already which is why I've always you'll know this Becky you know you've got to do your affirmations while you're having the wee you're always going to be going for a pee you've got time to do it (laughs) you know you're always like meditate on the train if you haven't got time to do it in the morning meditate by going for a walk on your lunch break Find a way to make it happen rather than going, I haven't got that three-hour bougie period with that specific cushion in that specific room with that specific incense. I can't do it. And like, if my routine can't come on holiday with me, if I couldn't do it on a plane, a train, or in a car, then I haven't got a routine. What I've got is another obstacle. Mm -hmm. So in order to dissolve the obstacle, I have to have something really fluid that what's the least I can do to achieve what I achieve without giving it up and saying I can't. Yeah. There's always something. I think that's um, something that I'm trying to teach on my meditation course that I'm running at the moment because I'm teaching people all the different ways you can meditate without just having to like (laughs) set up your room and sit there, like you said, with the specific cushion and incense and do all that. It's, I think last night we had, yeah, we had our opening call and we had a bar of chocolate together (laughs) and meditated with that, which is, (laughs) it's just... You know, you can do that anywhere, anytime, with anything. It's it's about applying it to your everyday, and then it doesn't feel like as much of an effort either when you're doing it. So it's I'm just like, what's the intention behind doing it? Yeah, I think that, because if yeah. it's having this room and this setup, and this means that people like me do things like this, then it's no different from when you weren't meditating because you have yeah, completely bypassed the meditation. It's got to be like, what's my intention for taking this moment? As we sat with tea, it's like, what's my intention with sitting with this tea? It's the same as throwing a kettle on and having a PG tips. Other brands are available. But there's no difference (laughs) other than noticing what is it I'm enjoying about this? What is it I'm noticing in this moment? Who am I in this moment? And what do I want from this moment? Done. Sorry. Um, I was just going to say, it could almost cause like a bit of an identity crisis because I definitely struggled with that, you know, but the start of lockdown when I was kind of between different homes, we were in the process of moving as the pandemic hit, which was just a load of fun on its own. Um, but yeah, moving then from like a flat where I had my routines and I had my structures to then in-laws. And I was like, well, I can't meditate here. I'm living with in-laws. Like this is just a whole new minefield. Then going back to like my parents' house and like my childhood home. And I was like, well, 
I'm a completely different person from when I used to sleep in this room. So now I can't pull my affirmation cards and now I can't do all my bougie routines. And it took me so long to then, when we finally moved into our house and like settle in, I was like, okay, now I can do it because I have my own room and I can do all of this. And it really impacted me and it had that almost identity crisis of wait, like these are things that I know work, that I rely on, that are part of my wellness routines, they're my daily rituals. But just because I'm in another environment, I suddenly feel like I can't do them. I had that mindset block, so then I just kind of stripped it back. And now my routines kind of are meditating, but I'm happy to do it on a train. Or I have a little, you know, oracle card pack that I like to pick for a little bit of guidance or a little bit of intuition, a bit of woo. But like they're small enough to throw in your bag when you're going away for a weekend and I put them on the bedside table in the hotel. And it's making those things really work for you but when you're at that initial place at the beginning where you're starting to feel like oh because I don't have that and I think you know a lot of people are going to start to feel that as we go back into the world that we don't have that bougie setup we don't have that that safety of the four walls around us almost having a little crisis of oh wait like was that just a lockdown fad or was that actually something that I want and kind of going through those cycles again yeah it's very it's definitely but again as you say it's that part where people will create rules to stop themselves yeah. and like if you take the rules away what then mm-hmm. because the rule is the only thing getting in the way yeah but we love a rule we love a rule you know if i haven't done it by seven if we haven't done this by then if we've not done this by 30 if we've not done this by then then we can't do it and you just like mm, actually if we took the rule away though what then is holding you back what gets in the way other than your rules yeah swinging it back around to affirmations I think affirmations are something that Laura's like she loves them and she's done them for a long time whereas I until I worked with you I'd never you know I'd heard of them obviously but I'd never done that kind of thing because I think I did the typical thing a lot of people do of oh my god I feel ridiculous I'm not doing that so it was working with you that helped me just break through that the whole doing and when you go for a wee that kind of thing and now I can get myself to sleep at night when I have anxiety by just telling myself that I'm safe and I never ever thought that that would possibly work so I think like if you want to share with us your opinion on the power of affirmations definitely I mean it is Flipping the conversation internally, initially, to a point where it's helpful. But affirmations shouldn't be used to override the huge fear. It should be used to neutralise it initially. So once we can neutralise something, then you can get... So people that can't say, I love myself, in the mirror yet, are going to be putting themselves into a state where they don't feel safe when they're saying it. So to start off with, it can just be I accept myself or I'm learning to accept myself. And as we're saying these things, A, the actual tone of the words that we're using is a vibration. I am definitions are obviously those words are very much a declaration. But also it's just a way of being able to steer your thought process. So for me, affirmational, when I go for a wee, it's the start of the day and the end of the day. So I'm always going to be bookending my day with those thoughts but when I go for a pee throughout the day 
and I go to say my affirmations, I know when my energy's off because I know when there's resistance and I'm like, oh, you're in a bit of a mood or mm, what's going on here, which I wouldn't have noticed when I was busy before. But just in that set, I have three that I've said for 10 years and haven't changed them. But as soon as I make eye contact and I know there's resistance, I know that you probably need to go and change your energy. You need to get out of what you're doing and go and get 10 minutes outside. You need to do something because you're not in a good space. So for me, they're a real key awareness of where my energy is at. Because I do them day in and day out, because they're so programmed, when there's resistance, I automatically know something is going on that I'm ignoring. Yeah, it's check-ins, isn't it? So it's like going back to when you said about knowing, like recognising when you've done something that before you would have done it and just thought it was normal, whereas now you pick up on it. I think that's one of the biggest steps, really, from bigger than stopping doing it altogether, just acknowledging what's Mm -hmm. going on. So having check-ins like that, like you said, with the affirmations and doing things... Mm. yeah Mm. Mm. yeah I think it's because in that moment yeah in that moment I can believe like logically looking at it all I am safe right now even though I'm anxious because xyz's going on I am safe, I'm in bed, I'm falling asleep, I'm safe. And that just helps, just repeating it over and over, just helps, like you said, to just regulate and it's slow everything down. Isn't it? It's fine. Yeah, yeah. But you've been negatively affirming for most of your lifetime. So anybody that's looked in the mirror and said, I am fat, or looked in the mirror and or thought, I'm shit, or I can't do that, or that's impossible. Mm. I am and I can. Those positive restructures just confirm actual facts. So if you are somebody that says, I am fat, then in that moment, that is a negative affirmation that you're just convincing yourself is a fact, even if in reality, it's not true. Because for most people, whenever I ask that question, in reality, they're not. They may feel unhappy as they feel at this moment in time for lots of reasons. But in general, they wouldn't judge somebody else of the same size and appearance of them in that way. So just changing it to I'm learning to accept my body, I'm moving more for joy, just flips the conversation away from the automatic thought of I'm fat, which is creating that neural pathway and allows us to just lessen the groove of it and start to just get us back to neutrality. Once we hit neutrality, then we can really start to working of it, of I love myself, I trust myself, Uh, you look great giving yourself real affirmations on other ways to flip the script but it it just allows you to move out of those negative affirmations so when people say to me I don't do affirmations I'm like you do all of the time they're just negative you're willing to have that chat without any resistance whatsoever you would just be like yeah whack them on me but as soon as we try to change it to positive the resistance comes in So anybody that says, I can't keep up with these, I'm like, but you were doing the negatives without even thinking about it. Mm. So why was that easy and this is hard? And that's where I think, you know, adjusting those and adjusting the language so it's something that's actually realistic and, like, believable for you right now when you are, like, shifting that narrative. So for me, I could never say to myself, looking in the mirror, that I was beautiful. I could never, I had such bad body image issues 
and it kind of it switched when I was looking at in the mirror I remember at my in-laws house and I was like I was saying to myself like you are ugly you are stupid and I was like for fuck's sake like let's not do this this is now toxic so turning it around looking at affirmations and I just couldn't I wrote them on post-it notes and things like that and I was like I couldn't say the words I am beautiful but I could say I am learning that I am not those things. I am learning that I am attractive. I am learning, I am on the journey to believing that and like just shifting that little bit. So it's like, actually I am on a journey, like I am at the start. I can't say that, those words yet, but that's okay. And I think sometimes, you know, it's like you've said a few times, we put those rules and those blocks in place that like you have to say the affirmations exactly as they are shown on Pinterest for them to work when realistically, you know, <laughs> adjusting the language for where you are right now on your journey, adjusting it so that it's something that you believe and that you don't have that resistance to because it is actually authentic and it is, it's words that you use as well. I always look at affirmations that use like the bougiest of language and it's like, well, if you're not, if you're not using that language anyway, then of course those affirmations are going to come up for you and feel a bit weird because they're using terms that you would never use before and you probably won't ever again after you've like swiped past that on Pinterest. Yeah, it has to sound like you. Yeah. That's a really good point. I think I might start scattering swear words into mine. (laughs) Obviously they are in mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, and that's the thing, like normalising them. There's an account, I can't remember it now, what I follow, but there are so many on Instagram that it's like, you know, I am fucking awesome. And it's like, if you used that language to describe an amazing day, if you use that language to describe things that you love, then eventually like, yeah, throwing an F-bomb in there might make it, you know, a bit, a bit easier to say or a bit less serious, you know, just making it a more, what's the word, accessible practice and accessible ritual for you and again in those moments when you start and you feel ridiculous it is making it fun Mm. let it be ridiculous who says that you know it's just let it be ridiculous because there are times when it does feel ridiculous but you don't have to say them out loud so the only person judging you is you Mm. yeah i think like one of the biggest transformations for me more than saying it to myself in the mirror was smiling at myself Mm. in the mirror so when I finished saying them like you told me say the three look in the mirror and just smile at yourself and at first I was like (laughs) my face like Chandler contorting (laughs) (laughs) but then after a bit it got to a point where and I never would have believed this before but I was like beaming at myself like yeah you fucking got this Mm. like as if I'm talking to somebody else and it just got easier and easier like it is one of those things that practice just you know and the side effect of that is when you see your reflection you start to smile automatically because you've trained your Mm. brain that's what I do I look at myself and smile so now if I I got to the point where I was winking at myself and I was like oh hello (laughs) it's like greeting a mate (laughs) and I was so happy in the reflection because Mm. I trained myself from progressing of 10 years at smiling at yourself every time you go for a wee if you drink as much tea as me that's quite a lot yeah which led to just a huge practice yeah and then all of a sudden it was just it's impossible now for me to not meet my reflection and smile so automatically that's breaking my old four which used to be look in the mirror and find what you are going to criticize so even within that it's breaking my patterns 
it's it's a bit of a I don't know whether this is a good thing or a bad thing but like a distraction as well because you're focusing so much on saying those things and making eye contact with yourself that you're not thinking about what else is going on yeah which is another form of meditation Mm. yeah you know in that moment you've got one thing which is why mantras work because the affirmations become mantra wise and in that moment the mantra is what matters and in that moment when you're doing the mantra everything has to wait you know which is why i say even doing a walking meditation where you repeat the words thank you in your head over and over again by the time you finish that walk you will not have worried for the walk Mm. You will not be worrying about being late or anything else. You will have just been so conscious of repeating the language. And I use thank you because it's so easy to do. And it's like not thankful for anything in particular. Just thank you, thank you, thank you on repeat. By the time you reach your destination or get somewhere, in that moment you have meditated because the mantra has pushed out thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting in that like the gratitude journal frame of mind as well isn't it like for me that's what I always like recommend people to do it because you start off thinking right I've got to think of three things that I'm grateful for like right okay what happened today and then eventually after a couple of weeks you find yourself doing things throughout the day and think oh I remember that I've got to put that in tonight Mm. and you start seeing smaller and smaller like things like it's like you've got um microscope looking in at your day picking out all the tiny things and you then feel on a happier level more often Mm. because you've got all those things around you all the time whereas before you were completely blind to it you didn't realize things were even happening you know like the smallest things like when I um was doing abundantly you uh, I was sat watching the the call you were doing and a ladybird landed on my hand and normally that would have been like haha flick it away not write it down (laughs) forget it ever happened but because you put a lot of attention into that moment and then write it down at the end of the day you've got this awareness a bit more haven't you yeah Yeah. for the whole I use my gratitude for my negatives so I'm always thank you for the reminder I don't want that to happen again or thank you for the reminder that's not who I want to be thank you for the reminder so my gratitude on the whole is about the things that I'm raising the vibration of. So the things that I'm in lack of, I bring into gratitude to change my frequency with that thing. So when I was debt, in debt for a long period of time, I would use, thank you for the reminder, I want my money story to change. So that would be my gratitude daily for about three years. So I always take my lack and drag it. So uh, I use Mm. the toe stubbing example in most webinars, but if I'm (laughs) rushing around and I stub my toe, it used to be like, fuck, the world's against me, poor me, what else is going to happen? And now I'm like, thank you for the reminder to slow down. And I take a moment to breathe and then I crack on with my day because everything that comes in. I a reminder. (laughs) Yeah. But for most things that I do, if I'm ever, you know, dismissive to somebody or in a moment with somebody or worried about something i'm like thank you for the reminder this is not my fear or thank you for the reminder i can do better at that yeah so my gratitude is always for my practice what what did i resent about today what went wrong what didn't i like how do i raise it and what am i grateful for from it it's also a good kind of opposite to the whole toxic positivity thing as well isn't it because Mm. you're acknowledging that not everything is you know rainbows and butterflies you not picking up the good vibes only so yeah, yeah yeah and i think especially if people are new to the practice 
then again, gratitude can feel really fake. If people yes. are saying, thank you for my toilet, thank you for my bed, thank you for the roof over my head. Because in reality, they're not that grateful. Until we lose something, we are really grateful for it in reality, even yeah. if we write it down. But if something, something that's holding us back or distracting us or frustrating us, to try to find gratitude in that will completely reframe. Because we can, if we look long and hard enough, we will find it. And then not only are we finding gratitude, we can really feel we're changing the vibration of the lack. We're bringing it to a different level and we're actually then putting it into a space where we can see why it's here. So, yeah, I think something... Oh, we've talked about so many fantastic rituals and tools that you know you can use when you're on your mindset journey at any point. If you're a beginner, if you're kind of going through the works, things like that. But I think we've mentioned it earlier that obviously today is potentially... A, a day of fear, a day of anxiety for whatever way you want rules or restrictions or next week's potential unlocking to go. You know, if you're keen for it and scratching to get out the door, then there still might be some anxiety and fear. Or if you just want to stay indoors, you know, whichever way you're looking at it, it's quite a niche situation that, yeah, which, whatever could happen might be bringing some of that overwhelm and might be bringing some of that fear or anxiety so I wondered out of either all the tools that we've spoken about or any that we haven't potentially you know what are your go-to rituals when when the world's feeling a little bit overwhelming I will for clients or people that may ask me about it I mean I will hand on heart I have no fears about returning to life because in reality my life hasn't been that altered by this situation <laughs> my partner yeah. has worked on building sites throughout with 200 plus men and come back every day so <laughs> it's been uh, a reality difference from my experience of this time mm. but if people have had a different experience of this time and fear has become a preoccupation especially if there's a lot of watching the news a lot of looking at figures a lot of scrolling accounts that incite fear then I would take the moment to think about what this day gives you an opportunity for what is the day giving you that you didn't have before that you could look forward to what could you look at it for to see how you could change the way that you look after your health in reality what are you doing to embody safety for yourself so whether that's self-soothing whether that's affirmations such as I am safe when you're in a space where perhaps people are around you and you feel that you're not, can you take a moment to come out of the area and stand outside for a few moments and take some breaths? Can you walk in nature rather than taking the bus? Do, could you factor in that mm -hmm. time? Are there ways that you could manage your expectations so that it feels good to you until it feels more like normality again? Because these were once your normality and at the moment, the reason the fear exists is because of your perception of the danger. And then you have to look at what element of the danger you are truly afraid of. Mm. And when you look at that element that you're truly afraid of, is it the fear of what people think? Is it the fear of a disease? And if it is the fear of a disease, how can you maintain a physical sense of awareness where you feel safer in yourself? You know, there's lots of chat. I, I did talk recently about critical thinking. 
Uh, and this is another one where we have to break this automatic fear thought process and look at it critically. What is actually happening other than my thought process or my emotions or an experience somebody else might have had? What's my experience? What's truly happening here? How can I interrupt this and make this safe? Mm-hmm. Uh, and taking on another level, whether that's, you know, meditating on a walk, whether that is taking and doing more away from social situations, decline the invites for the places you don't want to be, tell people what your experience is and why those feelings are there, normalize it rather than holding it in or arguing. You know, what this situation has caused is divide. And in reality, if we can stop being so divisive about it and allow everybody to have their own experience and that be okay, then there will be less fear of saying what your experience is or what you're experiencing in that moment and people just being cool with it. Yeah. You know, yeah. if somebody was saying to me, I don't feel comfortable here, I'd be like, cool, what would make you feel more comfortable? Rather than being, don't be so silly, don't be so ridiculous, you're fine. Give people the space to be uncomfortable. Mm. And to appreciate that is their experience. And the same for the people that are like, I'm not happy that you're so comfortable. You know, and there are those people warring around as well that you should be doing this, you should be doing that. And it's just to be like, if I don't agree with what you're doing, how can I create a safe enough distance from you that I feel safe? Because we can have that difference until we come back and people feel like they are protected in some form. Uh, That's going to allow them to have their normality. But we also have to ask, how long do you want to live in fear? Because if we don't have an end date at any point, then this will be the current normality. And as nice as it can be to be introverted and homebound and have no plans and have extra finances for a while, <laughs> it's also nice to, you know, mix with people, remember what you enjoy uh, and visit places. Yeah. Um, I've been away every weekend for the last few weekends to the sea, different seaside towns I've never visited. Mm. There's been so much space. Um, and so much huge amounts of space and I'm just like it's really easy to go to these places and experience it without being near people at all uh, and there are other places I could have purposely chosen to go where it would have been a lot busier mm. but I think just make some really good choices that you can integrate yourself with first of all and then take steps back to where it feels safe as you build confidence in your own safety yeah I think yeah. it's like um if you weren't, if you realise now that you weren't happy with the life you had before, what can you do to build a different version of that when, you know, we can do other things? Like you said, going on trips to places that you've never been before. If you think, well, yeah, like being in nature, what can I do around that? It doesn't have to just be during lockdown that you go for a hike, you know, every other week. You can carry on doing yeah. that, you know. It's just because clubs have opened back up doesn't mean you have to go to them and you can't carry on doing these other things. It's blending your old life and your new life together and into one that makes you happy, I guess. Yeah, and working out why you were doing what you were doing that you didn't enjoy yeah, and what you thought it was bringing you because just saying, well, I don't enjoy that, I enjoy this now, it's just bypassing the, well, why were you doing it? What did you get from it, if anything? Because everything usually brings something. And is there any way of blending so it's not so extreme? Is there any way of mixing who you are or 
having more curiosity about who you are. You know, are you somebody that actually does like going to an art gallery? Are you somebody that might actually enjoy a jazz club? Are you somebody that's never been to a comedy club? Are you somebody that's never watched live music? Before we decide to box ourselves into I'm this or I'm that, can we just be more curious Mm. about some days this is me and other days it's my worst nightmare? Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you pick me in one day, being at a festival is my best life. In other days, I'm like, don't even think about inviting me out. I think that's to anything like I've got no time for anybody so rather than it being that is me and that isn't me it's just like well depending on where I'm at I enjoy different things and as much as I love that walk on the seafront on my own sometimes I really love being in the busiest cafe possible and people watching for fun Mm. you know other times I'm you know I'm known to be on the karaoke but (laughs) neither of them or (laughs) any of those three don't define me they're just different versions of me and there are different versions of me all of the time. So instead of fearing returning to who you were before, be curious about how you can expand on that. I love, like curious has come up for me so much this week. It's definitely like my word of the mm. month, I think. <laughs> and I think that for more people, I'm like, be curious. And there's yeah. fun in the experimenting and discovering not just in the thing that you're doing there's fun in the whole practice of it yeah like being a child and having an adventure again just like yeah. why are these people not my people or why is this pub not my pub or why is this thing not my thing and just being like oh because uh, and just mm. digging into that a little bit mm. yeah it's like it even is. recently with like the euros being on I'm not a big football fan, <laughs> but there was one night when we went and watched England in the pub and I had a great time singing along to Vindaloo and drinking pints of Guinness. <laughs> but then the other night I went to bed at 7pm and missed the whole match and just had to Google the score in the morning because I wasn't feeling it that day. So yeah, it's it's the balance and learning to listen to yourself as well, isn't it? And what you want in that space at that time. Mm. And just less labelling. Mm. I think for me like that is you know in this scenario like the balance well the bullshit not to return back to our <laughs> podcast name but because yeah you don't you don't have to put yourself in that box you know like you've said like being curious or being okay and accepting yourself if one day you want to go to the pub but the next day you just want to stay in and have a self-care night and that both options are available to you like you can't it's it's your reality it's your life you know you don't have to just be an introvert or an extrovert you don't just have to be outgoing or quiet and inside you don't you can have both and that doesn't make you a weird person that doesn't make you a bad introvert or a bad extrovert or a bad friend or anything like that you know instead of putting yourself in those boxes just being open to you know what's going to bring me the most joy what's going to make me feel like my happiest self today um mm. it's definitely something i think that i personally want to try and you know go into this new new normal I hate that word everyone hates that word but <laughs> this new like new life this new month new moon cycle like whatever it is but just yeah but as i said i think on abundantly you and i'm looking at you back because i know you were there but if we label ourselves an introvert how the hell do we think we're going to behave? You're not yeah. introverted. You sometimes have shy behaviour, 
but that's not 100% of who you are. So these labels of introvert, extrovert, anything else we want to define ourselves as, might, you, you can't possibly be that 100% of the time. No. You're labeling yourself what the behavior you have is and stepping mm-hmm. away from that because the more that we say, I am, we are affirming, I'm an extrovert. I'm like, I oh, really, what, 100% of the time? <laughs> Just like, no, but that's also your behavior. I have extroverted behavior when I'm doing. I have introverted behavior when I'm intimidated or when I feel like I don't have enough of a voice. It's behavior that we label as who we are and define as our personality. And I'm like, it's just not true. So being really cautious of what we will call ourselves is so important. Yeah, as soon as you put those kind of labels on yourself as well, not only are you expecting yourself to live up to those, but you start putting more pressure on yourself and what other people think. So you tell people, oh, I'm an introvert. And then when they see you out, they're like, I didn't think you liked this kind of thing. You said you're an introvert or the other way around. So then you're always feeling like you're having to perform at this level and not let people see that other side of you when in reality that's just who you are and what you want to do so yeah not putting these standards on yourself that you feel you have to live up to even when you don't want to we're just forever changing you know well you could be shy on one day just because you didn't sleep very well there's four out of five people you don't know or are just louder than you and you don't feel like pushing it and other days you might come in like from a really exciting adventure and be the loudest person in the room telling everybody all about it. Neither is true of who you are all of the time, but in that moment, that's emotionally how you're charged and fueled for that experience and those people's experience of you. So even to say, oh, I'm not normally like this is almost apologizing for your behavior. Mm. And again, it's just like, why do we have to give ourselves permission for these different experiences at any point? The less that we draw this attention to it by saying this behavior is not my normal behavior, (laughs) the more uncomfortable we're making ourselves by talking about it. So it is just more allowing ourselves this permission to be whatever we are in the moment and other people the same grace. Yeah. Yeah, just relaxing. (laughs) Relaxing and having fun. (laughs) Well, I think that brings us to the end of our little podcast. So thank you so, so much, Wendy, for joining us. Our very first guest and one of the best we could possibly imagine to have on. I know I've learned a hell of a lot from that. So the listeners probably Mm. (laughs) definitely will as well. (laughs) Someone has to unplug me. (laughs) I could just sit here and let you go for an hour and that would be absolutely fine with me. But yeah, thank you very, very much. My pleasure. Thank you both. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Don't forget to subscribe and head to the show notes to follow us on Instagram. See you soon.